Yahweh, and we saw that that was a name that had power, that that was a name that God was always present, and that the, the last part of it is that Yahweh saves. And last week we looked at the name Yahweh Rohai, which we see that in Psalm 23, which is the Lord is my shepherd. And today we're going to look at the word Yahweh Jireh. And some of us have, have heard this name before. We have we've know this name and we see it as, we interpret it as the Lord will provide. So I ask for stuff, right? I ask for stuff and, and God gives it to me. Is that how that works? Now, you know I'm a Broncos fan. And this week, like we've for years since Peyton Manning, like I've been asking for a quarterback. I ask and ask and ask. And what happened this week? We got one. We got a quarterback. So Yahweh Jireh, like the Lord provides. He provided us a quarterback. So for us Broncos fans, Deb, you got to believe. You have to believe. Like believe. So we got a quarterback. He's going to bring us to the promised land. Super Bowl title. Yes, hopefully. Now, I don't really think that that's what it's meant by this name of God, that we ask for whatever we want and we get it. But maybe the Lord is going to provide me for something that, that isn't, isn't about me asking for something. Maybe it's about knowing that God will provide what I need, when I need it, and how I need it. And it's not, like I said, it's not always stuff. Now, I, I keep telling you guys, like, you don't believe me, but I'm, I'm a slow learner. Like, I'm not very sharp sometimes. And about when I first bought the, the pharmacy, I mean, over 20-some years ago, it, it was kind of an exciting time. You know, I get to be my own boss. So now as a boss, you get to work 80 hours instead of your normal 40 hours a week. And when someone has a complaint, I can't say, well, go see that person because that person is now me. And, uh, you know, there's just lots of joys of being a boss. Some of you are bosses in this room, and, like, there's, there's plenty of joys about that, isn't there? And some, I mean, it's not really all that bad. There's, there's, some, there's good things about it. It was exciting. And then, like I said, I'm not very sharp. So we bought a house. We had a newborn child. I think we were expecting another child, and we buy a business. And we do that all within the same year. Exactly. I told you, like, believe me, like, I'm not sharp. So we do this, and, and when we bought the business, like we're thinking, okay, we need a name for the business, so we put it on there. So actually, I was studying the names of God at that time, and this was one of the names that I ran across, is, is Jairus. So we thought we'd be kinda, we couldn't actually have that because someone actually had that name, so we put our initials plus Jairus, and we're thinking, that's a pretty catchy name, right? Like, we're pretty smart for that. And we're, we thought we were pretty clever of putting this in, this of buying a business, saying, you know, we're trusting Lord, Lord will provide. Well, he has, but there was a funny thing that happened. And some of you don't know this, but like I've got to pay my wholesaler bill for drugs like every two weeks. And that bill is really rather large. And so everything was going great. And then two weeks comes around and I, I'm looking at this bill and I'm looking at the checking account and I'm looking at this bill and the checking account's full of zeros, but in the wrong place. The bill is full of zeros, but they're in the right place if you're the person, the number, and then a bunch of zeros. And I'm going, are you going to provide, God? Are you going to provide? Because right now there's zeros, and that's a big number. I don't know. The Lord did provide, and he has continued to provide. But 
this idea of the Lord will provide, it's not always about money. We can look at this in different ways. Sometimes, like I said, God's asking you to do something that we think we, we can't do it. Maybe we're thinking that I just don't have the ability to do that. Like that's not, like I don't have, there's no way I could possibly do that. Maybe God's asking you to go someplace. Maybe he's asking you to go just talk to somebody, have a relationship with somebody. Maybe he wants you to go have a new job. Maybe he wants you to stay in the job you have. Maybe if you're younger or even older, I guess, maybe he wants you to go talk to, talk to some girl or talk to some guy. And maybe because then you're going to get married and then you're going to have children. And you're going to start a business. Maybe God wants you to go somewhere and start an orphanage. Maybe God wants you to move to an impoverished country and start just serving and loving the people there. Maybe, as we looked a couple weeks ago, maybe God wants you to go to a world leader and say, you know, let my people be free. Let people worship God. Let my people go. And you're thinking, like, I don't, I'm not equipped to do any of that. I can't do that. If you ever had those times when God's maybe asked you that, and you kind of look and you go, go why? Like, why do, why me, God? This doesn't make any sense. Because I, I could never do that. Or maybe just tragedy has happened. And you just understand, God, like, why would this happen? Or, or, ask, me, or ask me to do that. Yet, we see this name. We, we see this name of, of Yahweh Jireh. The Lord will provide. And when we hear that, like, we're supposed to just, that makes it all better. Like, right? You hear you say Yahweh Jireh and Lord provides, and you just say it over and over again, and this, it, it just makes you feel better, right? Is that, and I, I think, no, it, not the words. I mean, at some point we have to believe. We have to believe and we have to have faith. And regardless of what the circumstances are that we see ourselves in, to, to see that God is God and he will provide for us even in those rough times. Now, we're going to have to another history lesson today before we start, because we've got to look at the whole history of what's going on here, what occurred in history, to kind of grasp the whole picture of, of the story today. So we need to look at Abram before he was Abraham. And we're going to start in Genesis 15, verse 2. And there's an interaction between Abram and God. So listen to these words. It says, But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took them outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So we see Abram being promised a son, being promised flesh and blood, an offspring. And his offspring will be as numerous as the stars. And Abram believed him. Now, I think like believing someone and believing in God for us in this room, that, that's, that's not a, I think most of us do that. But for most of the world, like, that's kind of weird. Like some people, that's, that's weird. They don't do that anymore. They don't believe in God. Now, in Genesis 16, we see this, uh, another interaction. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar, 
So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So here is Sarai and Abram. They're going to take things in their own hands. They don't, they, they're like going, okay, God, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I trust you to provide. Like you said this, but it's not happening. And so we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to start providing for ourselves. Maybe they're thinking, you know what, God, like you created man and woman like out of dust and out of ribs. So maybe you don't understand how this whole thing works of, of, of making babies here. So we're going to help you out here. We're going to help solve this problem. And then we're probably going, well, I thought Abram, I thought I said Abram believed. Maybe he believed, but he did what I think we often do is like we, we will also take things into our own hands. We might think like, you know what? I can't wait for God anymore. I've waited long enough. And, and I think God, God, like you need to make this happen and you're not, I, I, you need my help. So we lose our patience and we start doing it ourselves think that God, it don't, it just not happening. Like, God, you do. You, you need our help. So I'm going to help you, God. So that's what, what Abram and Sarai are doing. Now, Hagar the slave, she conceives, and, and then she, Hagar starts to despise Sarai. And this good wife that Sarai is, she blames her husband Abram for everything, saying to him, like, it's all your fault. It's your fault that this is happening. I got a minute, kind of is his fault, right? She has a point, but she is the one that said, here's my slave, so go have a child with her. So Hagar flees. Hagar has this encounter with an angel. They have a little talk. She comes back, and then Ishmael is born, and Abram is 86 years old. Now another 13 years pass. Abram is now 99 years old. And we see this in Genesis 17, 1 through 2. It says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Almighty, Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. So God's like, he's saying, Abram, now that you're 99 years old, you're finally mature, I'm going to increase your numbers. And we're going to have this, we're also going to make this covenant. So at this point, this is where we see Abram's name changed to Abraham and Sarai's name changed to Sarah. And God makes this covenant, the covenant that, he, that in this encounter is circumcision, which we're not going to talk about that today. But, um, and then God says, Abraham, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to make a lot of nations come from you. There's going to be kings that come from you. And since Sarah's your wife, like, she's going to have a son and she's going to be blessed and there's going to, the nations are going to come from her and the kings are going to come from her also. And so what does Abraham and Sarah do? They laugh. Because that going, God, like, dude, like I'm 100 years old. She's 90. Like, like I said, you know, like God needs our help. Like, I don't think, I don't, does he understand how this works? Like, it doesn't work when you're 90 and 100. God's patient with them both. He's patient with us. And he, and he says, you know what? Okay. Yes, you will. And you're going to name him Isaac. And then they still, it seems like they still don't get it. So then in Genesis 18, we see another assurance that Sarah's going to have a child within a year. God speaks again to Abraham. And there's some, uh, some stuff that goes on. And, and, and he asks, like, why are you and Sarah laughing? 
In fact, he asks Abraham these words. These are, these are really good words. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And so Abraham, he's got nothing to say. He's a typical male. Just kind of probably has this dumb look. Like, uh, I don't know. He just stands there dumb-faced while Sarah, Sarah, who, who she's not afraid to answer, she, she just has this great answer. She goes, I did not laugh. Which then Abraham finally speaks. And these great words of wisdom to her, he goes, um, yes, you did. So then Genesis 21, we see the birth of Isaac. We see Isaac born. And Sarah, is, there's problems there again with Hagar, so she wants her gone and Ishmael gone. So, of course, Abraham listens and sends them away. They get sent off. Now, is it just me or does Sarah seem like she's really hard to live with? Like, she's, she's a hard woman, it seems, to live with. Like, don't answer that. But what, what, I, what I really see is like it just is like, God uses people just like us in, his, in the story of, 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 of his greatness, of just like they are. They're just like us. These aren't special people. Now, this is, brings us to where we're at in Genesis 22. So a little bit of history to bring us where we need to be today. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 2. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. So here's this son that's been promised to Abraham. The son that he waited for decades for. The son that, that God said, you're going to be a blessing. You're going to make nations out of you. And, and I, this is, it's going to be your offspring, your blood. And God is saying, go take that son and sacrifice him. What part of that seems right? What part of that seems like that makes any sense? Why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice something that he's waited for, that he's been promised by God? Abraham's faith in God, or is it, or is it, is it somewhere else? Does he, is he having faith in God? And he does, because he listens and he believes and he has faith. And maybe in our lives, God has something he wants us to sacrifice. So I ask this question, what is God asking you to sacrifice? Maybe I sit in that question for a little while. Just think about that. Has God ever asked you to sacrifice something that you love? Something that you waited a long time, your entire life for. And now God's asking you to just let it go. Just, it's, it's gone. Like I mentioned that we prayed for the people of Ukraine. Imagine the people in Ukraine right now. They've, they've been waiting, like they waited decades themselves for freedom from the Soviet Union. They received it. Now on their edge of losing that freedom. There's people fleeing the country. There's people fleeing the country and they're having to leave their adult sons and husbands and fathers behind because they're required to, to stay and fight. They're having to sacrifice that not knowing if they're ever going to see each other again. Not knowing what the future holds. And in this, this, this verse, we see Abraham saying, his, his response, here I am. Here I am to God. When we say, here I am, maybe you do say, here I am. Let's look at these words out of 2 Corinthians 2, verses 8 through 11. 
It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's in those times that maybe God asks us to sacrifice. It's in those times where we just go, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense that God's going to make us strong. That our faith becomes stronger in our God, in this Yahweh Jireh. What we see is Abraham didn't walk away from God. Abraham didn't turn his back. Abraham believed. Abraham believed even in the face of this tragedy, in the face of this awfulness. Abraham said, here I am. And Abraham did as, as the Lord instructed him to. He gathered everything he needed except for the sacrifice. And this was a three-day journey. So he had to, think about that, he had to go walk three days up this mountain knowing what was coming. And Isaac, as a smart kid, he asks, he goes, Dad, like, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham just tells him, you know what? God will provide the sacrifice. So they arrive. Abraham builds this altar. He ties up Isaac, places him on the altar. And Abraham is about to take his knife and he's about to kill his, his only son, this one that was promised. And an angel appears and he hears this voice and he tells Abraham, stop. And then this is what we see. We see these words in verses 12 through 14. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw, the ram, saw a ram caught in it by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And this is where we see the words. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. That's kind of a, like a wow story, I think. Like that's like, wow. Didn't see that one necessarily coming. But why would God ask me to do such a thing as sacrifice my own son? I don't see, I don't see a redeeming worthwhile thing in that. My human brain, I, I just don't see that. But Abraham doesn't withhold anything from Yahweh. So maybe ask something. Are you withholding anything from God? Now, before you answer that, I want to take a look at this word a little closer, this word gyra, and the word provide also. The word gyra, actually what it means, it means to see or to foresee. And the word provision means to see beforehand. The word provide is to look ahead, to make provisions for the future, supply the needs of. Now, I... I read this this week. I want you to listen to these words of, of something I read of, again, the smart guys. This is what one of the things they say. It says, God sees the future as well as the past and the present. He is able to anticipate and provide for what is needed. When you pray Yahweh Jireh, you are praying to the God who sees the situation beforehand and is able to provide for your needs. So read that. I read this. is like God sees. God sees the past, he sees the future, and he sees what's right now. He sees the present. God sees what we need, not what we want, but what we need. God sees what, what is going to make us strong. 
as we mentioned in, in 2 Corinthians. God sees our weaknesses, and what we're, we're going through might be what he knows what we need to make us stronger. And to be stronger, like who doesn't want to be stronger? I think that's something we all would desire is to be stronger. So then why do we withhold things from God? Why do we withhold them? Now, you guys kind of know this story, but for 20 plus years, like I withheld from God. I withheld from God stepping into some sort of ministry for over 20 years. In fact, I was with a guy this week and, and he's known me for about 30 years and he even said, he didn't know what I was doing. And so I told him what I'm doing now and he goes, well, you've wanted to do that forever. But I withheld myself. I was unwilling, so to speak, to put myself on that altar and trust God with what he sees and trust him that he will provide. So I'm asking, now maybe ask that question, what are you withholding? What I want to say is it's not too late. Like it's not too late. If God is still asking you, if he's calling you right now, are you going to answer like Abraham did? Are you going to say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Knowing that Yahweh Jireh, the Lord sees, the Lord will provide. Can you trust everything in God, knowing that God sees you, knowing that God sees what you needed before you even know you needed it? It's, is, it, is it time for you to stop withholding from God? Maybe it's time, maybe it needs to start with, maybe you've been withholding yourself from a relationship with God. Maybe you've, you've been hearing God calling. Maybe you've been, something's been stirring in you and, and you've been withholding yourself from God too, of just having that relationship. Well, maybe it's time to answer that call too and say, here I am. Maybe God's been asking you to do something impossible. Something that you just, I can't do that. I can never do that. Don't limit God. Don't put him in this box. Because we say this a lot up here. Is God is a, our God is a God that makes the impossible possible. And God sees. God sees and God knows and God will provide. He will, he's already made the provisions. We just need to answer the voice and say, here I am. Kind of a theme today of just is this Yahweh Jireh is, is like we need this more than ever right now. Because there's a lot of unknowns going on in this world right now. There is a lot of things. Like we read headlines, like I could grab my phone and we could read, read headlines and it would, these are what, pretty much what they would say. Yes, they talk about the Ukraine, but they talk about inflation, all time high. They would talk about gas prices, all time high. They would say interest rates are going to go up. Headlines that are going to create fear of, a, of a, another world war, fear of a nuclear war. Last two years, we've had fears of, of COVID. And like literally, I could go on with some things. That's the world we live in. In fact, this week, I got so just overwhelmed myself that I just had to turn the news off. Like I just couldn't even, I, I just ha couldn't listen to anything anymore. Because I found myself questioning God. Rather than believing in God like Abraham did, like believing and having faith, believing that God will provide, that God sees this, that God sees what's going on. Believe that God knows, like, that God doesn't need my help. Knowing that God sees it, and he's provided for it, and he will continue to provide for it, and he is providing for it. 
and just even like I said, wondering, God, why aren't you doing anything? Times in our lives when it's the same thing. We'll ask those like, this doesn't make any sense. Why am I, why am I facing this? Why did this just happen? Why did this loved one just die? Why did this, those difficulties, those tragedies, those disasters that sometimes we, that we question our faith. And all too often these days, like people are walking away from that. They're walking away from God. Those things happen and they don't believe. And they say, God, I don't believe in you anymore. And they just walk away. They're not seeing this as what God is telling us in the Second Corinthians, that God is making us stronger. And I think right now, as we're in this world right now, I think now is the time. It's not time to walk away. In fact, now is the time to walk towards God. Because our God sees. He sees and he provides. Now I want you to, I want to go back to this, this scene of Abraham with his son and, and Isaac. The son that he's waited over 100 years for. 100 years old. He's an elderly man. Think of Arnie taking a son three-day journey up a mountain. He's got to tie his son up. He's obeying God. He's got to put him on an altar. Having your son even ask, like, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And knowing that, that you're, you have to, like, you're going to have to deceive your son. Like, you kind of have to lie to your son. You're going to build an altar. You, you tie him up. You place him on the altar. Imagine what is going on inside of Abraham. Imagine the pain. Imagine the turmoil. Imagine just looking into his eyes. Imagine grabbing his knife and just what's, like, how could you not be just tears streaming from your face? He loved his son. Looking at his son's eyes, wondering, and Isaac's eyes are probably just full of fear, full of terror, wondering, Dad, why are you doing this to me? Dad, I don't understand. Dad, I thought you loved me. Dad, why are you hurting me? Why? Why? Closest thing I can remember this is when I was, when my oldest son swallowed mosquito repellent, some DEET, or we think that he did. So yeah, ooh is right. Like it's toxic. Like we took him to the emergency room. They got to pump him full of charcoal. And to this day, I, I don't understand why, but they made me stay in the room and hold him down so they could pump him full of charcoal. And I just imagine that's what Isaac's eyes were looking at. He's this little guy, two or three years old, and his eyes are so full of terror, so full of fear, going, why are they doing this to me? And Dad, why are you letting them? Like, Dad, I don't understand. I'm afraid. And that's what Abraham's doing right now. And I imagine Abraham was probably questioning God. Probably both of them were questioning God, not understanding grabbing his, for his knife and suddenly an angel stopping him. Now, what if we stopped trying to see everything ourselves, trying to predict the future, trying to solve everything ourselves, re, that we quit relying on our wisdom on what we think is best, and we just knew and believed that Yahweh Jireh, he sees the past, he sees the future, sees the present, Knowing that Yahweh Jireh knows what we need. He sees what we need. And we know that he will provide. We listen to his voice. 
when he calls us and we respond just like Abraham. Here I am. Knowing that when I face those trials, Yahweh Jireh sees that. Yahweh Jireh sees that I have the provisions that I need. Yahweh Jireh sees that I, I, what I need to make me, that what I do need this, it's going to make me stronger. Yahweh Jireh wants my faith to be stronger. I want to leave you with, with some other words of, of some stuff that I read about this, this in a book called The Names of God. It says, Yahweh Jireh always has his eye upon us. He always sees our sufferings, and he always provides exactly what he determines is needed when it's needed. Can we just stand in that? Can we just believe in that? That we don't walk away from God. Not think that God doesn't care. Realize that what God might be doing is he might be refining us, bringing out all of those impurities in us, growing our faith, making us stronger. Look at 1 Peter 1.7 with me. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong, through many trials, it will bring you pr- much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed in the whole world. I want to share the last story. Now, a lot of you know that I'm a basketball fan. In fact, I spent way too much time in the last three days watching basketball. But Gonzaga. Gonzaga has never won the NCAA tournament. Some of you are wondering, what is that? Well, it's a big tournament they have where all the college teams come and play, and it's a pretty big deal. Lasts the whole month of March into April. And, but they've never won it. And you ask people why they, why they never won it. They've had really, really good teams. But why have they never won it? People say because they play in a weak conference. They never get tested. They don't have any trials. They don't have anything that makes them stronger. Because they don't have to. They never have to. You could say that maybe what this verse is saying, they never get refined. They never experience the adversity that, that makes them stronger. Those, those things that make us question why. How could this be happening? And if we didn't face those trials, we would never get stronger either. We wouldn't get refined. Because you don't think Abraham got stronger from this experience? Or even Isaac got stronger. I, I guarantee you they did. So can we have that faith that's in this name, Yahweh Jireh? Knowing the Lord will provide. Knowing that we know that God sees. That God provides. God sees the future as well as the past, as well as the present. In fact, he anticipates and he provides for what we need. Yahweh Jireh. The Lord sees. The Lord provides And in doing so, we become stronger. Let's pray. Lord, just thank you for being a God that sees. For being a God that sees the suffering. A God that sees even the joy. Lord, the God that sees everything and that provides everything we need. And when we experience these things in our lives, Lord, that they are things that they make us stronger. They make us just our faith better. They make our belief in you better, Lord. So Lord, I just pray that everybody in this room, that we, we just, when we hear the voice of Abraham, say heard of you calling him, we just go, here I am. Lord, and we just, we trust, we believe, we have faith that we know 
that you see and you'll equip us with what we need.